Hello everyone, and welcome back. Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Board Gaming Doctor. My name is Phil, and I'll be your Board Game Doctor today. In this episode, I go over my top 10 favorite games from 2023. Games that were published this year and are listed as such in uh, this year for and on Board Game Geek. Now, as you can see, I took these games that I've played into Pub Meeple and ranked them, and I've only played 18 games so far. And so these are the honorable mentions, but also the games. Uh, I do want to mention the games that I still want to play, but I have not had the chance to do so. Games like Expeditions, uh, uh, Planta Nubo, etc. A lot of those games will most likely be on the channel and podcast when I do come around to playing them. But for now, let's take a look at the games that I was able to play. I'm going to go through these uh, eight games real quick before we get to the top ten. And so Reflections in the Looking Glass is available on Board Game Geek. It's a small uh, two-player game uh, based off of Alice in Wonderland, and it was fun. Trailblazers, uh, the game by uh, Ryan Courtney, I believe is the designer. Uh, I did a, a podcast episode on this, as well as Mind Up, which is also on Board Game, Ge or Board game Arena. This is a game uh, very similar to Six Nymphed or Take Five. Rauha, uh, another game on Board Game Arena. Uh, very fun and quick uh, from the same publishers or designers of Nidavalir, I believe. Far Away, this is a, a newer game on Board Game Arena that had a little bit of programming and card drafting to it. It was interesting to play. Zoo Tycoon, the board game, I also did a podcast on this one. It didn't make it quite as far on my list just because despite the good theme and uh, how enjoyable the puzzle was, it was pretty complex and it probably would take uh, or it would take a lot longer to get back to into the rules and understanding how it works more so than other games of its similar theme such as Ark Nova. Kutna Hora, uh, the City of Silver is at number 12. I will do a podcast episode on this at some point or have I already done it? We'll see. <laughs> Go ahead and check in a couple of weeks and uh, or whenever you listen to this and see if I've done an episode. If not, I will. And then finally, number 11, Barcelona. So I did do a podcast episode on this game. And uh, yeah, it was enjoyable. Just made it out of the top 10 because I feel like I could accomplish what I would like to set out to do as far as solving this kind of puzzle in other games like Lisboa. And so it, it didn't quite reach the same excitement level. And if I had to choose a game of city building, I would go with uh, Barca or with Lisboa. So my number 10 game is Sky Team. And this game is on Board Game Arena to play. But Sky Team is a really fun cooperative game where two people in silent, in limited communication, or basically silence, roll dice and place them onto this board. It's a really fun uh, and interesting puzzle. Even as a base game, it's not as... It's pretty straightforward, but it takes a lot of 
thinking and and communication, very similar to games like The Mind. I, I got similar uh, feelings of that when I played this, where when you place a dice uh, down, when you place the dice down, you are. I feel like you're trying to communicate to your opponent or your um, companion, saying, "Hey." I'm placing this here for a reason. If I had another die that matched a better location, I would have played it there. And so I liked that, and the additional modules, of which I have not tried, do bump up the difficulty substantially and make this into a very fun game. And it's definitely worth a shot, in my opinion, if you do enjoy cooperative games with limited communication, such as The Mind, or Hanabi, or The Crew, etc. So that's Sky Team, number 10. Number 9 for me is Expeditions, the sequel to Scythe. And I really enjoyed the concept of this game because the, uh, you know, the point of this game is to kind of achieve similar goals as with Scythe, but instead of a shared uh, board of, you know, just kind of a, um, a map, per se. This, is, this one's a more modular type of map. And there's a lot more card play involved in this game as well. The actions that you take are a little bit simpler, and so it's a more streamlined version of what Scythe could be. And I think I would rather play this game in comparison to Scythe. I think this one was a little bit, uh, you know, more streamlined and, and easier to, uh, to play, but also the variability would be good in this game for a game that I, I guess, wouldn't rank it as high as uh, I would a game that I really want to invest time and strategic thinking to. I think this one would just be a fun one to pull out. It was very similar in my thoughts and feelings of um, Terraforming Mars Ares Expedition, where it's more of a streamlined card-based version of its parent game. And, and so I, I, I get those similar vibes from this, and so I think it's definitely worth trying out if you do enjoy Scythe. It's got a, a lot of similar elements to it, but still different enough to have its own identity. And um, whether you enjoy it more than Scythe or not, I think it's definitely worth a shot. So that's Expeditions. Number eight for me is going to be Forced Shuffle. So Forced Shuffle, also on Board Game Arena, is a card-based tableau builder where you are collecting trees and placing cards either to the left or right, top or bottom of it. I have shared my thoughts of this on the podcast. And in some, you know, I am really a big fan of card-based tableau builders, games such as Wingspan and Terraforming Mars, Arc Nova, etc., and this game is a lighter version of those games. And I, while I enjoy the simplicity and, uh, of the rules, I, I felt like I think this just missed the mark for me of being a top contender in one of those types of games that I do enjoy of the games that I've mentioned uh, before. Because uh, I, I felt like the, I guess the, the nuance to this game, the tableau building wasn't as exciting to me, um, it, you know, you're basically just playing cards down onto your field. There isn't a board that you interact with like in Terraforming Mars or Ark Nova, whether it's a shared uh, main board, central board, or a 
tableau where you're building things onto as well. It's purely cards. And the effects themselves were somewhat similar amongst different <clears throat> versions of animals. And so I felt like the individual cards themselves lacked the individuality in replacement for the multi-use nature that they provide. While there are some interesting uh, cards out there, um, I felt like if they had explored a little bit more individuality with these cards, it would make for a more varied experience, in my opinion, and it would be, I guess, a little bit more interesting to me. But it's still a really fun game, and of course, you can try it for free. And uh, yeah, it's, in my opinion, too, it does definitely plays a lot longer on Board Game Arena than it would in person. There are some games on Board Game Arena that even if you play asynchronously, it, it feels like the pace is picked up. And if you take a couple of turns per day, I mean, you can play through a game in a week. And that may sound long to you, but for someone who plays a lot on Board Game Arena, uh, you know, you can get a, a good game of Arc Nova or Agricola in a matter of a week to two weeks. And, um, and so you can get a lot of repetitions in, and it, it doesn't feel as long. But in this game, it's made up of a bunch of micro turns. And so I felt like uh, Games of Forest uh, Shuffle could take just as long asynchronously as it did to take bigger games like Arc Nova. Whether that's essentially true or not, if I were to look at the time uh, that I took to, to play those games in comparison, may be different. I, I'm not sure. I haven't looked at that metric, but I felt like it felt like this game. Uh, lagged a little bit, but it's still a really fun game and worth a shot. So that's for Shuffle. Uh, so number, where am I? 10, 9, 8, 7. Number 7 was Point City. So I've only played this game once, and, you know, I, I, I had played Point Salad a couple of times on Board Game Arena, uh, which I believe it's not available anymore. Uh, I didn't think it made it out of beta, but anyway... Point City uh, or Point Salad was a, f a fun game. It was, and it was probably, uh, as I'm looking at the list, it may be my lightest game, second to maybe one more game ahead of this, where this is probably the game of the year that I would pull out with anyone who does not uh, play board games in general. It was really fun to have, you know, all of these cards face up to draft from having the uh, dual-sided nature of them and having these buildings be, you know, simplistic but still individual in what they do and can accomplish and what they cost. And so it was it was a fun, enjoyable puzzle that I, I feel like hit the mark for groups who have light, uh, board gamers who are either newer to the hobby or just prefer a lighter experience. And so uh, Point City, I think, uh, did a great job of that. It was one that I almost backed, and so... <laughs> So I think that kind of helped me uh, push it uh, higher onto my list, but that's Point City. So number six is where Horseless Carriage comes into play. Now, Horseless Carriage is available online. Um, if I, I, I will link a uh, link uh, to it below. I believe it's onlineboardgamers.com where you can play this game as well as some other splatter games. <clears throat> but this uh, splatter game... Uh, is one of the games that was uh, kickstarted, I believe, in 2022 and released this year. So a lot of people had already talked about this game earlier on in the year and their experiences with it. 
But to me, and, and I did a podcast episode on this as well, to me, it was like a uh, combination of uh, games like, you know, tableau builders that are um, kind of polyomino in nature, like uh, A Feast for Odin, for example. Um, the the spatial puzzle of your own tableau is interesting enough, and it's it probably would take a game or two to completely wrap your head around it. But there are um, interactions in, you know, which tiles to grab. It's got the freedom of choice among all of these tiles, very similar to other splatter games like, um, like uh, Food Chain Magnate. But uh, there is a little bit of competition into what um, areas of the board or of the uh, uh, of the machine parts and the car parts that you can uh, build ahead of. You can uh, kind of go off of the technologies of other opponents of how far they go up these tracks are very similar to on Mars. And so it hits a lot of, uh, you know, checkpoints for games that are really in the heavier nature, both with rules and with uh, gameplay and strategy. And so this was enjoyable enough. Uh, it probably uh, would be very enjoyable if I spent more time with it, but it is such a deep and heavy game that it kind of passes, uh, passes that threshold and that sweet spot for me for being <clears throat> uh, very replayable but I still hold it in great esteem and that's a uh, horseless carriage number five for me is ancient knowledge uh, this game is on beta in board game arena at the time of this recording and a lot of people have been really enjoying this game and I do as well now I compare this game as a you know it's a card tableau builder very similar to for shuffle and other games like that uh, what makes this game interesting is that the cards that you play in your tableau have a limited time on it as they slide down this board. And so the fact of building an engine and watching it uh, be dissembled and having to continuously think about what you're going to be playing next to continue that engine is a really interesting puzzle. And all of these cards do various and widely different things and so it kind of hit that mark for me in variability and in individuality in cards in a in a uh, tableau builder and this game plays in a pretty quick you know pace uh, but yeah you know it, it's a it's a really good game and I look forward to diving into this one a little bit more I wouldn't be surprised if this went up on my list next year when I revisit these games after playing it and it's more readily available too, so I can dive a little bit deeper into the strategy as well, but really enjoyed Ancient Knowledge. <laughs> so my number four is Disney Lorcana. Now I have to admit that I, you know, had never really gotten into a trading card game since uh, the days of Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! But I have dabbled with Hearthstone in the past. Actually, I got pretty invested into Hearthstone uh, Marvel Snap, uh, Magic the Gathering, I learned this year as well, if you've listened to the podcast since then. And so I am a fan of trading card games, and I think it's the uh, inspiration for what I, I like currently in board games, like uh, all, you know the card-based tableau builders. I think they share a lot of similarities to trading card games in the fact that you can build a deck with individual cards that synergize well together and that's a part of the puzzle that I really enjoy in card-based uh, tableau builders. 
in board games. But Lorcana, you know, is really fun in the fact that it's more of a, you know, beginner's uh, simplified version of, of um, Hearthstone and Magic using similar keywords and, and card effects with the Disney IP, which I do enjoy and is nostalgic for me. And I, I confess that I play Lurkana every Thursday night with, uh, with the league uh, close to home. And I love, you know, getting packs here and there and the thrill of opening up a pack. But, you know, it's, 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 it may be easy to go down the rabbit hole in, in such games like this, but um, the gameplay is really fun. The collection aspect is fun as well. And so it's been a really fun divergence for me to get into a trading card game again. And so I've, yeah, really enjoyed Lorcana and hope to continue enjoying it as new sets come out. And uh, yeah, it's one of those lifestyle games that other people would podcast and and talk about. But uh, yeah, it's, for me, having primarily a board game taste, I think this is the trading card game that would uh, hook me and get me playing adjacent to all the board games that I play as well. So that's Disney Lurkana. Number three is Nucleum. So I've only played this one as well, once as well, and I've really enjoyed it. I did a podcast episode about it a while ago, and you know it has shades of uh, mostly brass, in my opinion, with a little bit of barrage, uh, and a little bit of Concordia with how actions are taken. But I, you know, it... It's very similar to those other games that I will probably talk about in my top games of all time, where there's a lot of interaction, there's a lot of, uh, you know, route building and, uh, you know, piggybacking off of the work of other players as well. The constant push to be doing better and better as you climb this track every round, very similar to Barrage, Uh, a a unique, you know, action selection mechanism with these uh, tiles that are rails. Uh, when they're flipped over are the actual actions that you're taking uh, with more of the that, you know, Euro-style Euro mechanism of having individual, uh, you know, varied uh, goals that you're trying to accomplish and objectives, creating variability in games while injecting some of those old-school uh, interactions that are found in games like Brass and a Barrage. And so, yeah, it stands out very... Uh, well and uniquely. It's a game that I hope to play more often and looking forward to the expansions and hopefully further plays of this game. So that's Nucleum. Number two is Earth. So Earth is uh, definitely one of my uh, favorite games from uh, 2023 and one of my favorite games of all time for sure. This game is available on Board Game Arena and is a game that I backed physically. I've played this physically uh, solo and multiplayer as well as online in both of those situations. And this is the epitome of a card-based tableau builder. When I compare this game to uh, Forest Shuffle, where there isn't much of a uh, tableau that you're building other than with cards, this one stands out to me in the fact that you have simultaneous play. Uh, you have <clears throat> these a nice board presence with these trees and cubes that you're collecting as well. But there's a little bit more of a mechanism towards these resources uh, in order to <clears throat> make your tableau uh, feel different every time. And you have many personal and public objectives that you're chasing as well 
that really do give each play its own identity. And so that is what I think gets me to play this game over and over again, is that even though it may not be as intense uh, when it comes to rules and gameplay to tableau builders like Terraforming Mars and Ark Nova, the, the feeling that I get every time I play, I, could, I feel like I could tell a story about my tableau uh, every time. Um, I wish there was uh, more, I don't know, the, the, the subject matter, you know, hits not quite as close to home to me as does, say, Ark Nova with animals. You know, it's harder to uh, be more, and I, I guess, connected to plants unless you enjoy plants. But uh, so I, I purely go off of this based off of the mechanisms. Uh, I mean, it, it is a gorgeous game um, artistically, but I, yeah, the, the mechanics of this game are really sound. I, I really enjoy everything that this game provides, and it's always a fun time to play. And playing simultaneously also doesn't hurt to get this done uh, in a regular weeknight. But there is one game that I have enjoyed even more, and that is, of course, Oranian Burger Canal. This was uh, kickstarted or uh, backed through uh, the other, <laughs> you know, Kickstarter uh, website that I forgot uh, in 2022 and received it uh, this year, 2023. And this is, of course, Uwe Rosenberg at his finest. Uh, this is this game. Uh, the Dice Tower definitely got this wrong. Uh, this game is one of the best designs in general, but also one of the best designs by Uwe Rosenberg. Uh, it utilizes the resource wheel in a, a new and more flexible way compared to Glass Road. And the tableau building feels very unique in the fact that not, you're just not playing only cards to your tableau, but also building these different routes and what these routes do in connection with the cards that you play and the bridges that you play as well uh, create for a very uh, variable experience that I just, I think is iconic and why I love Uwe Rosenberg's the most, uh, games the most. Uh, I wish it was a multiplayer game. Uh, sadly, it's only a two-player game. But I, you know, I, this is one of the only games that I've pulled out multiple times uh, physically and on Tabletop Simulator. Uh, knowing that I had backed the game, I felt comfortable doing it virtually as well. But where most of these games that I really enjoy, like even like Nucleum or Earth before it was on Board Game Arena, I would play a game once, maybe twice, and move on to the next one to experience, but this one I just kept coming back to over and over again. And I really enjoy, you know, just the variability of this game, how there's so many decks to this game that you can mix all those cards together and never see the entire entirety of them. And they always, and they all come out at different uh, points. Um, or you don't see, you know, all the cards during a game as well. And so there's always that, uh, you know, that, uh, desire to to play the game more just to see if you get that one card that you saw and how it works with a new combination of cards and so there's virtually endless gameplay either solo or uh, multiplayer uh, with you know just two players uh, yeah now this this game epitomizes what Uwe Rosenberg games are about it's not pretty to look at as well some people have complained about the rules as well uh, if you do play Uwe Rosenberg games, a lot of these rules will come a little bit more naturally. Looking forward to seeing what 
the new reprint will look like whenever that comes out, probably next year. But uh, this, the, yeah, this game is just fantastic. And as you will see in my top games of all time, it uh, is pretty much up there uh, for, um, it, it's definitely in my top 10, I, I will just say, and not I won't spoil the whole thing, but uh, this game ranks really highly for me. So I'm going to leave it there. Um, thank you for listening or watching uh, this top 10 list. Uh, feel free to uh, reach out to me and tell me what I got right or w what I got wrong and to share your own top 10 lists from 2023. Uh, I hope you schedule an appointment with us very soon, and I'll catch you in the next one. Take care.